0: Live from Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. Get ready to
1: Hey everybody, it's Oliver Camacho and this is a bonus episode of Opera Box Score, featuring my interview with soprano Amanda Forsyth. This interview and the excerpts, which are used with permission, originally aired on Saturday, April 24th, on listening to singers on Chicago's classical radio station, WFMT. And I'm going to dive right into a piece of music for you, and it's a fragment. And I'm so sorry, we're going to be listening to a couple of fragments today because there just isn't enough time for some of these long-form arias that are typical of the High Baroque. Here is my guest, Amanda Forsyth, singing the Rage Aria, Der Himmel wird strafen dein falsches Gemüt, which brings down the curtain of the second act of Handel's first opera, Almira. It's in German. This is soprano Amanda Forsyth with the Boston Early Music Festival Orchestra, led by continual players lutenists Paul Odette and Stephen Stubbs. One of the most difficult things Handel ever wrote, that was from his first opera, Elmira, and just a little bit of history. Handel wrote a few operas for the opera house in Hamburg before he moved to Italy and learned how to properly write for the voice. So these Hamburg-era operas are written in a way where the voice is treated as an instrument, and Handel fixed that after really learning what the human voice could do in Italy, But there are some singers like Amanda Forsyth who can sing this music, and it's so impressive. And I heard this live in 2013 in Boston, and I was one of the people that was screaming as the curtain was coming down because it was just so impressive. I want to give you a little bit of vocabulary before we go on to another excerpt from this fantastic recording of Handel's opera, Elmira, from the Boston Early Music Festival. One terminology. One term is the word continuo, and once again, continuo is the uh, part of the orchestra that uh, features the bowed bass, like a cello or a viola da gamba, and the instruments that are plucked, like uh, lutes and theorboes and guitars. And one would also say the harpsichord. And remember that in this time in music, the continuo was the most important part of the opera orchestra. And there are continual arias that only feature the continuo section and no other instruments like the violins or the woodwinds or whatnot. So when Handel gave you a continual aria, it meant that he really trusted you uh, to show off all of the tools in your toolkit. And Amanda Forsythe has many, and we will hear this aria quilt. And one of the tools that she uses is the slide, which is a very kind of slow changing of pitch uh, where you really hear all the little microtones between the two notes that she's trying to sing. And it has a really beautiful effect like twisting a knife. I also talk about with Amanda singing off the breath. So they're singing on the breath and singing off the breath. You can consider singing off the breath to be like acting for television, whereas singing on the breath is like what a Shakespearean actor does on the stage. It's just a matter of support. You get more detail in the television acting, but you get more volume and the voice carries further when you are expecting to be in a theater and hearing somebody do a soliloquy, for example. Hopefully that sort of clears that up. I also have to apologize for Um, The sound quality of this interview. We conducted this interview over Zoom, and it's not always great, as you know, but what Amanda has to say I think is so worth hearing. So we will now hear this lament from Handel's first opera, Almira. Once again, my guest, Amanda Forsyth with the Continuo section of the Boston Early Music Festival Orchestra.
2: Well, these small scale, small scale arias are always a challenge because you want to feel the intimacy that that CD is capturing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality of the moment is these arias are usually coming right out of a big number. So yeah. you've got chorus and dancers and um, and it's an opportunity for a set change. Mm-hmm. So you want to draw your audience in and, and, um, and bring them to you while ignoring all like the banging and clanging that's going on <laughs> behind you. But usually by the end, you know, once you get into the decapo capo and, and everyone's settled down, um, then yeah, you can, you can try to, to really achieve this, um, this small scale intimacy that you're, that you're looking for.
1: I think it was Julianne Baird who told me that um, Handel wasn't, didn't trust every singer with a continual aria he only gave <laughs> continual arias to the people who knew could handle the moment because it really is up to the singer to shape it and to make it interesting
2: yeah you're very exposed in the continual aria although this one has that really challenging cello part mm-hmm. um played here beautifully by phoebe karai um and you have this contrast because the the singer's line, if you just looked at it, would say, "Oh, that's really quite simple." Um, yeah. The challenge is is the breath, but not yeah. really the the melody. And then you have this this busyness in the in the cello part, this sort of dum, da dum, da dum, da dum, yeah. da dum. this sort of pulsing and throbbing and mm. um, and driving the piece uh, forward. So it's not maybe as exposed as some other, where you it's just you and harpsichord and a basic cello line. Mm-hmm. Um It's one of the most incredible handle arias that I've sung, and you're talking about that slide technique. That's something that that Paul and Steve from the Boston Early Music Festival introduced me to.
1: Paul um, because, and Stephen Stubbs,
2: exactly. They really like to like pluck their instruments and drive you through one of those <laughs> slides. <laughs> they're like, and they're kind of pushing you, pushing you up or down. Um, yeah when you sing with the Boston music festival, you have this great luxury uh, of rehearsing with the continuo team from the very first rehearsal. So it's not like you have a rehearsal pianist. Um, no, from the get go, you have, um, you have your standard continuo: the, the lutes, the theorbos, the harpsichord, the cello, um, and usually actually Robert Mealy, the, the concert master is, is there um, right in the beginning.
1: So this that's is a, this is a luxury and I want the audience to understand this, that, because in most opera companies, the rehearsals begin with a rehearsal pianist and the singers are you know, maybe meeting each other for the first time and getting their staging and you are not really getting a sense of what it's gonna sound like when you're on the stage with the full complement of instrumentalists. But because we're talking about Baroque opera here, which is so continual heavy, at Boston Early Music Festival, you guys begin the process with the Continuo team, which are the main forces for the accompaniment. Yeah.
2: And also, we don't have a conductor um, in that kind of situation. So you really need to be rehearsing with everybody from the get-go because there's nobody holding it together. You have to intuit where all the breaths are going to be. Um, you know. And we do this with these big choral numbers as well. There's no real conductor. We just have practiced it enough times that we all know how it's going to go, which is, again, a luxury of time.
1: Well, you have an incredible relationship with the Boston Early Music Festival, and I don't know how many times I've heard you sing over there, but uh, two of your recent projects, besides this 2013 um, full performance of Handel's Amira, you have done two operas by Agostino Stefani, is that his name, Agosti- mm-hmm. Agostino Stefani? Uh, the Niobe in 2011, and then Orlando in 2019. And I really wish that the audience could hear the the long love duet slash lament duet that you get to sing in Orlando. But I do have something that is similar uh, to what I heard in 2019, which I found on your recording of Stefani chamber duets with the Boston Early Music Festival. Uh, These are a collection of chamber duets with Continuo. And uh, their historical importance could be compared to like the Corelli trio sonatas and their musical quality is definitely as good as, as or, or better than some of this Italian chamber music. Uh, these were written between 1702 and 1709. And um, I guess we should just hear it. Um, to me, what I love is it almost feels competitive. This is a love duet, <laughs> but you're singing here with Colin Balzer who is one of your frequent collaborators in Boston. And he is maybe one of a handful of tenors who can sing as fast as you. So we don't have time to hear the whole thing. That was just the first section of Occhibelli with Colin Balzer and the Boston Early Music Festival Continuo Band, led by Paul Odette and Stephen Stubbs. Wow, um, <laughs> I don't know how you do that. That those are such fast notes, and I guess I want to just ask you about some technical things because, you know, before. Uh, we heard Quilt, we heard a little bit of an aria you sang from uh, Almira uh, that also has really, really fast articulated notes. But those somehow seem because you're with the full orchestra there, it seems like you are singing more what we'll call on the breath and without as much articulation. But here in this uh, chamber duet with Just Continuo, uh, you have a little bit more space. And you really put little bit of like little tiny parentheses on every single note. And um, it just is ridiculous how you're able to articulate that fast. And it's like I said, it's a challenge to Colin to match your your, <laughs> your articulation.
2: Uh, well, you're absolutely right about the size of the orchestra uh, sort of dictating how you're gonna sing the coloratura. Uh, in the handle, it is with full orchestra. Um, and if you try to sing off the breath, The way that that we do in the Stefani, uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't be heard. It's also quite low um, in the register. Uh, With the Stefani, I could be wrong, but I believe those duets were discovered with just the vocal parts and a figured bass, and that's it. Um, The orchestra part is, you know, what you hear on that CD is just the creativity and the imagination of Paul and Steve and and Maxine Islander on the harp. You know, this is not uh, something that's written out. so it's basically just these occasional plucks. and when you have <laughs> that kind of accompaniment, um you just have the freedom to do what you want. and you know that if you need to somehow group twenty five notes into a quarter note, that they will be waiting for you on the other end of it. Um, and that gives you the flexibility to just staying off the breath because it really is is quite impossible to cram that many notes and have them be understood. you know we have to group them in a way, that is going to make sense to the listener. And that's the number one way that I look at coloratura. If you just sang every note and gave everything equal value and equal weight, it would just sound like nonsense. You know, you have to say, you have to put them in groups of four or groups of, of six or eight um, and highlight. Can we highlight. call them gruppetti? We can call them gruppetti. <laughs> it sounds very Italian. <laughs> sounds like a great pasta um, shape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I personally, I really am a fan of, of accenting the highest note in the group. And, and, and that's a figure that you see like, just to try. And it, make, it means that there are uneven and it's not, you don't get a perfectly uh, mechanical sounding coloratura, which I like. In something like Vivaldi, you want something maybe more, more mechanical sounding. But in the Stefani, it is Italian and it's love and... Colin is just the most lovely colleague and he can he can really match whatever you throw at him um he might raise an eyebrow or doing it but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he can manage it
1: <laughs> so we don't hear that type of duet in operas from this era and you know if we look to handle we have sometimes get a beautiful duet, and we're so grateful for it as an audience uh, after having heard like nine da capa arias to have a different (laughs) texture. But even Handel's duets follow a very predictable structure and these uh, Stefani duets uh, are just a surprise. Like every three or four minutes, it changes texture and it's super interesting the whole way through. So I'm definitely recommending that people check out uh, Duets of Love and Passion from a recording made in 2018 by the Boston Early Music Festival. You just recorded another composer, Joh- Johann Gottlieb Graun, who is also very surprising. I guess we're calling him late Baroque, early, no, early classical.
2: Yeah, it, it, technically it's the gallant
1: period. The, the gallant period. So this recording is called Torna Vincitor, and it just came out during COVID mm-hmm. uh, with the ensemble called Opera Prima, which is led by the Viola de Gambist Cristiano Contadini, um, And there's a lot of virtuoso gamba music uh, throughout this recording. Let's listen to an aria from the cantata Odio Fileno. This is the second aria in the cantata Va ma conserva i miei. Um, this feels like sort of a rage aria. Can you sort of set up uh, what is happening here? I know we have had probably 15 minutes of music before we get to this moment.
2: <laughs> so this is um a nymph and she her lover Fileno hears the horns but she's just been enjoying a lovely springtime love session with him and he hears the horns and he knows he has to go to battle and she wants him to stay but at the end she relents and says okay va um, but make sure that you come back as as a as a hero as a champion to me.
1: So that is very different than the Stefani and man, that's so much work for <laughs> Cristiano for you, but also for Cristiano Contandin. Um, What a gamba part. I mean, who would ever, where do you perform this music? Like what is the audience for this?
2: Yeah. I mean, nobody's ever heard of ground. There's two grounds actually they were brothers. So there's Carl Heinrich ground who maybe some people have heard of. Um, and then Johann Gottlieb, his, his brother, and they were both, composers, um, I think Karl Heinrich was a singer and Johann Gottlieb was a violinist, um, but they both were writing for the viola da gamba at a time when the gamba was really going out of fashion. So there's some of the later composers um, to write these works and what works they are. They're incredibly virtuosic um, and incredibly difficult. So, because Opera Prima is founded by a viola da gamba player, um, he had he had seen these cantatas, and I think was waiting for the right soprano to come along uh, because they <laughs> they are challenging um, in in the tessitura mainly. You can't hear so much in this section, but in the the first aria of this cantata, which is like 15 minutes long, <laughs> it's really a long piece. The tessitura is incredibly high. Um, uh, so that's a challenge. But also, then you get into something like this, where we experimented with a few different tempos before settling on this one. In my mind, it was slower. But I thought we we're just never going to finish it. You know, <laughs> <Listening>, <laughs> we'll be singing, ba, 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 you know, for the next three days if we don't do it faster. And of course, he could play it faster. And, and in the end, I think I sacrificed a little clarity um, in the coloratura to, to achieve the right effect. So sometimes we make it, sacrifices. It
1: does remind me of early Mozart when Mozart was a little bit more experimental and less less formal. And you get this really difficult writing for the voice that almost feels like from the high baroque.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Lucio Silla is a perfect example of that. You know, a lot of high um, arias with the coloratura all up, you know, in the stratosphere.
1: Well, I wanted to end today with um, a treat for the audience, which is from your recording, uh, The Power of Love with Apollo's Fire. This is just such a phenomenal performance. And um, I don't know what I want to ask you about it. But I love your ornaments in Da Tempeste from uh, Handel's Julius Caesar, another triumph aria. Can you talk about working with Apollo's Fire or talk about writing your ornaments for this?
2: Well, I love singing with Apollo's Fire. Jeanette and I have a have a really good relationship um, in that we are after effect over authenticity, and that's not to say that <laughs> that's not to say that we don't you know know what we should be doing, but that sometimes maybe it's more interesting to do something um, that's not maybe uh, historically informed, uh, and that would include some of the ornaments for that aria. I wouldn't say that they're. Beverly Sills-esque. Um, you know, <laughs> she, There's nothing she wrong just, with that. <laughs> no, I mean that's the thing. Like people love it, and I love it. You know, it's it's maybe not what they would have done in the day, but it sure is interesting. Um, so I always, when I'm ornamenting, I do try to stick to the general outline of the melody, and I always want to make sure I've sung the written melody at least once before I start going crazy on it um, to establish what it should be. But yeah, I mean. Jeanette and I did a, we did a whole tour of that power of love and she's all about like costume changes and we got a review.
1: She's um, show business.
2: (laughs) She's show business. Right. And I love that. I really love that about her, but we some it wasn't a review; it was a comment on a review, and I should never read the comments. But and somebody somebody said, "Well, I wasn't at that concert, but from the way you describe it, it sounded very inappropriate what they were doing. You know, and night we're not being serious enough." And I, think, mean, <laughs> you know, we are entertainers, and I think people forget that sometimes. You know, we should be out there having a good time. You know, I listen to all kinds of CDs. There's what is that CD? I think it's called Tapas, where they take baroque works and then they just play them on different instruments and i think it sounds really cool you know or they'll do like a jazz version of some Monteverdi. um you know yes there are times to to be serious about things but an aria like that tempeste which has been sung by everybody and every soprano in conservatory uh, you have and to mezzo-soprano own... these days <laughs> it's true yeah, magdalena
1: <laughs> and joyce have got their teeth in those as well
2: yeah and Cecilia so yes. but they can sing so it's okay <laughs> uh yeah no I just try to have fun and uh and Dot tempest is definitely a place where you need to have some fun
1: Julius Caesar, Da Tempeste, sung by my guest Amanda Forsyth with Apollo's Fire, conducted by Jeanette Sorrell. Amanda is singing with Apollo's Fire as we speak. She's doing a concert of Yaukset, the Bach Cantata, and that will be available for streaming in May. And look out for her program of Handel Arias with Boston Early Music Festival in June, their virtual festival this year.